Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of SUPFM. We really enjoy producing this podcast for the love of the sport and to benefit the worldwide stand-up paddle community. If you like what we're doing and would like to support the podcast to cover some costs and keep the episodes flowing, then please help us by contributing on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash SUPFM. And if you make a contribution to us, we'll be sure to mention you on the air. Cue the title sequence. Aloha and welcome to SUP FM, the podcast for stand-up paddleboarders everywhere. So with no further ado, let's get out on the water and on with the show. Here are your hosts, Nick and Simon. Recording is in progress. So So this is really exciting, isn't it, Simon? I mean, after... When do we do this last in 2015? And are we getting back to series two of the SAP FM podcast? I know. It's absolutely fantastic. And things have really moved on since then, sort of personally and uh, you know, in terms of uh, my immersion in the sport. So there's so much more to discuss and so many more people to discuss it with. Absolutely. Well, well tell me, because I mean, since 2015, just catching up quickly, um, I've sold my stand-up paddle school down here in the Algarve, my touring company. We've stopped the Guadiana Challenge, which was this incredible um, event that we did for 32 kilometers every year uh, on on the eastern border with Spain. Um, And now I'm pursuing other projects in surfing, actually. And how about you? What are you doing? Uh, Well, I'm still running um, Hutch Supware, which has been fantastic. A really, really exciting um, um, clothing brand from here in the UK. We've built up quite a number of uh, international um, representatives of the brand, particularly in Germany. Um, So, you know, that's been that's been fab. Uh, I've become an instructor, which uh, has had added um you know an additional huge element of fun to the um um to the whole um immersion in the sport because um effectively you know introducing new people to the sport's just been a huge privilege but uh so where do you instruct is it near your house yeah yeah there's um there's a very very good friend of mine um owns a, a school called new forest paddle sport co and um we've we've sort of uh, spent quite a bit of time in each other's company going out having various different adventures but um he he started a a a school for sup and it really has taken off incredibly there's he's 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 managed to get a whole load of fantastic instructors most of which are sort of homegrown and um and trained by uh, b super which is one of the the main sup organizations here and he's he's got a fantastic location uh, which is right next to a castle down here on the coast but it's incredibly sheltered and just the perfect place to teach so um you know i think uh, spending all of that that amount of time with new suppers introducing holiday makers to the sport has been brilliant and um you know like me after my first unpromising um, exposure to the sport to start with you know a lot of people have gone on to buy their own sups and um, you know join local sup clubs and um, just continued their journey so you know the instruction bit has really been fantastic I really enjoyed it. It sounds amazing so that's right down in the south 
coast of England, is it? Just below London. That's right, just below London, um, on the south coast. Um, so we're on the edge of uh, a national forest called the New Forest. And, um, you know, as in the way that they name things in the UK, the New Forest has been round, round since about 1066 as a hunting forest, so it's not particularly new. But there's a lot of uh, very, very unspoilt um, coastline down here. Um, and that there's a whole load of different places to sup. So if you are on on holiday, you know, you happen to be in the UK on the south coast um, between the Hampshire and uh, Dorset border. There are lagoons, there are lakes. There's even on occasion a very small amount of surf, which causes Ooh. huge excitement down here. I know. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. like <laughs> Well, yeah, it's fantastic. When, when, uh, when the waves are rolling in and, you know, we're not talking about um, Maui type sizes here. Um, you know, the, the excitement is huge. Everyone's down down there and it's it's you know and you know with everyone out there as well it's actually quite a nice surf scene down here um you know there isn't some of the sort of snobbery and um that goes on in a lot of surf spots so uh, so now it's 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 fantastic so so nick um i mean you, you've obviously sold the uh, the sub school have you managed to get out at all on a on a board absolutely yeah i mean just like you in the south of england we don't have massive amounts of surf down here in the south coast of the algarve most of the surf is in the west coast of portugal so i've been surfing regularly over the last few winters all around faro villamora and um albufeira around all these breaks around here which has been i mean we get really excited when it gets overhead high and also <laughs> when it's over like when it's shoulder height, it's wow, that's really exciting, which is great. So it's not super big, but it's exciting. And um, yeah, I've been paddling quite a lot. I used to do quite a few um, stand-up paddle expeditions, and I did well. I did two actually, one all the way across the Algarve for 160 kilometers, and then another one up in the center of Portugal, down through the rivers. We did about I think it was 265 kilometers, which wow. was really exciting. And I, I'm dying to do that again. I just haven't managed to do one over the last couple of years. So. Definitely have to schedule some sub camping trips. We've done some small stand-up paddle camping trips where we just paddle yeah. out to an island around here because we've got lots of islands, like barrier islands. Sleep mm-hmm. the night and then and then come back. But um, nothing expedition-wise. How about mm. how about you? Um, no, again, lots of plans, but uh, but <laughs> nothing too massive. I think you know the, the biggest adventure um, or the adventures for me were sort of uh, small and perfectly formed micro adventures, if you like. But um, um, I went through a process of um, supping every Friday morning for twelve months, which was uh, regardless of, of conditions, which was uh, again a huge education um and um quite cold actually on some uh, occasions you know when uh, when you've got to break the ice on the back of the van uh, when you're getting in to come back from your supping session you know it's been pretty cold out there wow so um so yeah I, and uh, you know this is this is all down to the type of local conditions that we've got here and the opportunities you know if it's if it's too extreme in terms of of weather then um you know the river tends to be a bit more sheltered um you know if you've got a a a wind blowing aggressively in a certain direction then we can do a a downwinder which is hugely exciting um obviously if the if the waves are are in the right direction then it's a surf session and sometimes it's just a a conditioning session out there on the uh, the water on the sea with a a little bit of chop so 
you know, in in terms of sort of adventures, you know, going out, um, selecting what the challenge is going to be this week, and uh, and dealing with it. it's been uh, been huge fun. But uh, we went out on a bit of a micro adventure, didn't we? When I came over, because I came over to visit you, yes, um, back in 2015, and we had a fabulous um, overnighter. Yeah, we're just into one of the local lakes around here, and we just paddled into one of my regular camping spots and and had a barbecue the night, and um, it was great. Yeah, it was good fun. And we paddled back in the morning. It was nice. It was good. And then we actually yeah. went out for a paddle the next day, I think, on the coast, which is cool. So when you came over, we really managed to fit a lot of paddling in, which was great fun. Mm, that was fantastic. And and there's so many great spots to, to go in Portugal. I mean, the, the lake that we went on and which we camped next to, um, the, the thing that intrigued me was, first of all, the beautiful clear water. And second, that uh, through the beautiful clear water, you could see pretty much a village underneath, which had obviously been submerged when the hydroelectric lake had been um, set up. So, um, you know, it's quite a quite, quite an experience, really. Yeah, there's tons of those lakes. So we actually got six major dams in the Algarve here. And um, yeah, they just flood it. And then the villages have to um, obviously be submerged. So obviously they moved the people out beforehand. But it's quite a... I didn't show you this, but there's a there's a half-submerged school, which is just around the corner. And it's quite eerie. You paddle up and you can actually paddle into the school and underneath mm. the big building. And Imagine wow. what the kids were like playing around and in, in back in the day. Oh, my God. That's amazing. But um, back since 2015, when we were last doing the SUP FM podcast, obviously the stand-up paddle industry has changed quite a bit. What do you reckon the major changes have been? Well, I think um, certainly from my perspective down here, and it does seem to be a hotbed of stand-up paddling down here on the south coast of the UK, um, I've seen a huge expansion in brands. So, um, you know, back when we were doing it, there was, uh, well, when we were doing the last uh, podcast, there were all the major brands, obviously based on the, the windsurf brands who had sort of moved across. But there's, there's a lot more sort of local and, and private brands of stand-up paddle boards now. Um, I think in terms of um, accessibility, there are a lot more, more schools down here. So it's no longer as exclusive as it once was. It used to be when um, I was out and pumping my board up, I'm obviously a bit of a, a uh, inflatable board uh, specialist but uh, when I was out pumping my board up I always got lots and lots of interest and so on and uh, people asking me what I was doing and what it was but uh, I think SUPS definitely entered the um, uh, the mainstream now I think there are obviously some great things about that um, you know the the fact that the sport is uh, is growing is wonderful I think you know there are some, some concerns as well and you know having um, become an instructor and also having uh, been put in certain situations that uh, potentially could have led to a bit of, of harm. I think, um, you know, any sport on, on water, um, there needs to be quite a bit of um, knowledge and um, an understanding of what sort of risk you're putting yourself into. So I don't think there are there's a huge amount of knowledge amongst those people who are buying a, a cheap paddleboard about um, you know how to actually do it safely, mm. and th- this is where the instruction thing comes in. 
Um, yeah, it's fine because I mean it is a pretty easy um, thing to learn. But you're right; those skills that are, and to do to put them to practice in the environment and to be careful of the of the elements is obviously a vital thing that I think you and I have both grown up with. So mm. it's uh, it's something that because I was just about to mention, you know, if you go to decathlon, which I'm sure you have in the UK as well and around yeah. the world. It's so easy. And everyone says to me, well, what, what paddleboard should I start, should I buy to start off? I said, well, why don't you just go into decathlon? You can get one for 300 euros or, or pounds. And um, and then you can walk away and start like that. But you're right. You don't get that, that level of experience and that level of training that you would if you went out with an instructor, if you just bought one of those and went straight out into the elements. Exactly. And, and, you know, obviously as well, you know, buying from a, from a proper, a proper shop, um, you do get that support. You get a try before you buy, um, even for the cheapest uh, stand up paddle boards, it's still quite an investment and that you do get a level of quality with the established brands, which unfortunately you don't get with the, with the other ones. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, I've, I've used quite a lot of different brands and tested quite a lot. And, um, you know, clearly, um, as you kind of use it more, uh, as you use these paddle boards more, you can, uh, you can tell the difference between the boards, but, um, it's those weekend warriors, those people who, well, not even weekend warriors, those people who just take their board out maybe a couple of times a year, I can sort of understand them going for a a brand which is um, lesser known. But I'd really recommend that uh, anyone doing that does go out and just um, gets taught not only just the safety basics, but also how to move around a board because it makes it so much more fun when you do go out and have a session. If you've got a few skills, if you have got a, you've built a bit more confidence, you've got a few skills to practice because otherwise you just end up being sort of Bambi on ice and, uh, and falling in all the time. Whereas if you've had a bit of coaching, then uh, you can pretty much get part that past that point and do everything adeptly and also very safely. And these days, there's there's probably a coaching school anywhere where there's water. I mean, it's just so popular these days. I know in the Algarve, we've certainly got a lot of stand-up paddling schools and um, tons of, of experts to give you advice. And I'm sure it's the same in the UK and wherever you are out in the world there where you live. So I, mean, I know in the States, it's it's prevalent everywhere. Mm, so absolutely. No excuse. But now with SAPFM, the podcast, what are we who should we start interviewing? Because obviously everybody's changed back in the day when we were doing this, this Kyle Lenny was the world champion and um, there were quite a different set of faces around in the stand-up paddle industry. Now I was just browsing through um, supracer.com, which is a fantastic resource and um, run by a really cool guy, Australian guy. And he does the world rankings. And I was just looking through the men's world rankings, Michael Booth, Connor Baxter is still up there. Mm. Um, guy called Bruno Hasulio. This is all obviously the 2019 leaderboard um, because it's all been put on hold thanks to our friend the coronavirus. Um, and then Tituan Puyu, he was still around back in the day. He was, yeah. And Lincoln Dews is a new guy from Australia as well. I never heard of him. Um, so I haven't looked at these these rankings for a while. And, and the and the women's Olivia Piana from Italy, I think she is. And no, no, mm-hmm. sorry, from France, actually. Seychelles from the United States, Fiona Wilde, she was around back in the day. Yep. Sunny Honshide was back in the day as well. And April Zilg, I don't think I've heard of her, but it's quite amazing to see the change and so many new faces. Obviously, it's a young sport. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, who? Are, yeah. So, I mean, it was quite a coup for us to get uh, Kai Lenny on because uh, not only the the Sup World Champion, but um, but also sort of out of the Laird Hamilton brigade of sort of experimenters with uh, water technology. And uh, the other thing which has um, you know, changed quite a bit since our day is uh, is foiling. Um, which seems to have uh, taken over, you know, kite surfing, windsurfing, and also SUP, um, which um, is something that, that people are getting more and more involved in. Have you tried um, it yet, Down Simon? this way as well. No, I haven't. No, it's, um, I've got some friends who have tried it and um, some who are very, very good. Um, but, um, but no, it's not something that I've tried. It's... Um, what do people suggest it, is the best way to start? Is it being towed behind a boat? I, I, to be honest with you, I think we're probably going to have to get someone in to talk about foiling, <laughs> um, because uh, I'm not sure. I've just seen, um, I've just seen these guys. I know that it's quite a way to fall if you do fall off, and I know that the foils can be quite sharp as well. So, um, so all sorts of levels of uh, of peril. Um, but, yes. um, but yeah, I mean, it's massive and it's growing and, you know, while the technology is quite expensive at the moment, it, it, uh, it seems to be, uh, getting cheaper as well. So, um, so, you know, that's another area which, which has really, um, changed since our day. So how much do you think you'd pay for a, a normal foil board? Um, well, that the foils themselves are over a grand and probably, wow. Um, over over a hundred thousand like British pounds. A hundred thousand? Uh, no, no, sorry. Um <laughs> a thousand. A yeah. thousand. That would be very expensive. I'm sure you can buy them for a hundred thousand, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that they're um they're they're pretty pretty expensive. So um yeah, quite a commitment. It is. Uh, but- I was in Cape Town over um a couple of months ago in South Africa, where I'm originally from, and uh went out surfing there a beach called Musenberg and there's just tons and tons of surfers there and I went out stand up paddling and also some foilers all over the place stand up paddle foilers and these guys are just cruise everywhere and it's dangerous it really is so I think you've got to be definitely quite aware of your surroundings when you're foiling in case you don't slice people in two exactly exactly but uh, yeah Kai Lenny um, you know he's there's some great videos of him on um, on YouTube um, just basically uh, well i say paddling but basically foiling up and down a river just using his own momentum to drive himself forward and it's uh, it's just incredible the sort of movement you can you can get on those on those boards so uh, so that would be something hmm. that'd be something really interesting to cover i think absolutely and i think races have changed quite a lot as well i'm not sure what the world the world stand up paddle championships are doing but obviously with coronavirus everything has been halted right now but mm-hmm. um have you heard much about the world tour, the world standard paddle tour? Um, I haven't. I think um, you're right. Everything is on, on hold and we're just about going into the season now. Um, you know, I think the big surprise would be if, if anything is actually on, but, uh, you know, it'd be worth catching up with, uh, with the powers that be and, uh, to find out what the, what the plans are and also what people are doing to, to keep fit during their, uh, their time on the um, on the shore, I think you know the, the thing about stand-up paddle boarding during sort of coronavirus is affects not only the 
um, the events, but also going out there, you know, anyway. Um, I've seen lots of different guidelines. You know, most of these lockdown um, arrangements say, you know, you can go out for for exercise. But there's a bit of a grey area, I think, with stand up paddleboarding at the moment where, um, while, you know, if you're of a decent standard, you know, you it would be reasonable to go out. However, what you don't want to do is to have any unexpected situations which end up in you having to be rescued by, you know, lifeboat or anything like that or put the um, emergency services under any additional stress so certainly the 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 consensus of the view amongst um, my paddle club and all the people I know down here is that we're just going to stay away from the shore we're going to do dry land stuff only because it's just not responsible I think that's the consensus mm. for the world over. Is nobody's going out at all, and um, people are sort of naming and shaming them on on, uh, on social media, saying if you do go out because you're spoiling it for everybody else. And there's been quite a few surfers actually in, um, being arrested on the beach in California. Guy was mm. shot at in Costa Rica. Really? Um, yeah, it was a video. A bit on, excessive. On it is a bit excessive, but they really are trying to shut it down. I mean, look, I don't get it either because if you're going out, you're not exactly right next to other people and you're going out surfing it's fine you're far away but obviously just to try and keep things simple for everybody they've said no go so i haven't been paddling for three weeks i've been locked in my house for two weeks and uh, hardly gone out at all to be honest mm, yeah yeah no it's um tough times yeah but people are doing some funky stuff in pools and i see actually is looking up chase costlets who we interviewed about five years ago and uh, he's got a place in Costa Rica now, and he's just cruising around his pool, paddling, doing sort of some tailback race turns, and that's pivot turns. Excellent. He was a nice guy to interview, wasn't he? Yeah, a lovely chap, really nice. Oh, we should catch up with Chase and, and see if he can give us a bit of background, because I think he was involved in the Stand Up Paddle Industry Association as well at the time. He was. He was um, He was um, chair of the uh, the races organisation. So, yeah, it'd be, uh, be interesting to see how he... Uh, how he's got on and how that's evolved. Yeah, and I think it'd be interesting to see from an industry point of view whether the industry has grown since 2015 because it was the fastest growing sport in the world at that time. And um, we were so proud of going around and saying saying to everybody, yeah, this is the fastest growing sport. You've got to get a hold of it. And uh, Laird Hamilton was saying, oh, this is going to be bigger than surfing. And then I'm not sure. I think it seemed to plateau. I'm not sure if stand-up paddle had actually grown much since 2015. I may be wrong. I'd love to see the stats. Well, yeah, it, it, I mean, certainly in terms of participation, you know, because the the level of involvement, you know, versus surfing is, is relatively low, um, you know, the learning curve isn't quite as steep. Uh, I'd be amazed if there weren't more people doing it. But I guess the challenge is how many people get to do it regularly. And most people aren't, you know, near, um, you know, a regular place where they'd go out Um so, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. We'd need to see and check that one out. So there's tons of people that we can interview to find out all this incredible information. Um, I was also thinking about SUP events. You know, you guys used to have a really good one with the Thames. I think it was a Thames marathon or something like 40 miles. Yeah, SUP, SUP the Thames. There's some, there's some great events here. There's Head of the Dart, which um, is something that, again, my group um, get involved in every year. So it's um, the River Dart um, 
down in the sticky outy bit of uh, of England and it's a tidal stretch and uh, the race runs either sort of upstream or downstream on uh, different years the last last couple of years i think it's it's been run the wind's been so extreme that they've had to sort of um sort of cut it short or at least um sort of change the route slightly just to accommodate that um, there's the trent 100 which is um 100 mile race down the river trent uh which uh it's a multi-day event and uh yeah which is up in um, the north so, right uh yeah so sort of midlandsy so about halfway up okay. but one of our trents one of our our longest rivers um there's um the the great lake so the scottish um sort of coast to coast um going through loch ness and so on that's another one which uh, uh will probably um be a victim of uh, coronavirus as well um and again that one depending on the sort of prevailing wind direction is either east to west or west to east um, involves a few canals and so on but uh, going right the way across um, scotland coast to coast is is quite something wow um, and then obviously supping the Thames is 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 another is the big one. So a big mass participation event. So loads and loads going on in the UK. Um, there been lots of people um, attending that sup the Thames. I mean, because I know the one in Paris. I think they do it every single year in December or January, somewhere in, sometime in the winter. I think at maximum a couple of years ago they had about seven hundred people there, which is fantastic. Mm, yeah um most of the uh, most of the events are are limited and most sell out within you know a very very short time so um you know they've remained abs- you know hugely popular and it's very difficult to actually um get into them um the just the other one to mention is um the sup club championships uh which happen every year um on a huge lake up near london and uh, that always has a massive turnout as well so you know this sup racing scenes you know very very um exciting and of course we have um we ha- have had um some of the the world tour events coming through london as well mostly around the um the east end of london where there's um you know huge amount of development and um and lots of stuff going on so um yeah it's been it's been fab i think um you know portugal um again is um it's been in the news quite quite a lot probably not your coast but the uh the the big wave surfers have been out in force over the uh over the winter it looks like absolutely yeah nazare just 60 kilometers north of lisbon um there's uh obviously the largest wave in the world well actually it's a lot it's probably about 100 kilometers north of lisbon and we are, as far as surfing goes, I mean, we get the world tour comes in here for the ladies and the men's just after France. Um, so we get a lot of surfing, but I'm not sure about any stand-up paddling. We used to have um, a thing where you'd cross the river in Lisbon and across the Tejo River was 14-kilometer paddle, uh, just for fun. And then, like I mentioned before, we've done the Guadiana Channel, uh, sorry, mm. Guadiana Challenge down here, which is the 32-kilometer paddle. And around Europe, the, the one I know about is in Paris, and there's also the mm. Corinth Cup. I think it's called the Corinth Cup, where they, they race along the Corinth Canal, mm. which is, yeah. is quite an looks like a really exciting race to do in Greece. Um, but I haven't heard of any other type of events apart from obviously the is it the eleven cities in Holland? Well, that's the classic, isn't it? That's yeah. the uh, that is the marathon to end all marathons. 
Um, there's a thing, and, and we, I, sorry, and I had, interviewed a guy who, um, I can't, I interviewed a guy last time when we were just tailing off in 2015 with SAP FM. And uh, it was quite a fascinating interview, but I never actually released it. So we're going to be able to release that now for the first time. And um, well, I don't know, we can release it pretty soon, actually, if not mm. before. So it'll be interesting to hear about his experience in the 11 cities. Yeah, absolutely. And and that, you know, again, is that the, the people who do it nonstop. So basically the 11 cities is a, is a race in Holland along the route of what was started off as a, as a skating race, um, you know, over a hundred kilometers um but um you know you can either race it on a stand-up paddleboard on the canals as um as a multi-day event or to do it non-stop and um and we've interviewed um certainly the first interviewee we uh, had on there um he had done the, the non-stop and came second um so that was um that was quite an achievement uh, for that, let me just uh, just trying to remember what his name was. Yeah. Ica, Ica France. Uh, I think that was the what that was the unreleased one. Yes. Franz Orsi, Franz Orsi. So he was the the first. So that's episode twelve, and uh, he was the one who we interviewed, um, who had done nonstop and come second. Really? Um, but, yeah. Okay. But uh, but yeah. So he he was a former uh windsurfer and uh, got into sup and just banged out a you know 100 odd kilometer uh race which is unbelievable god knows what it did to his hands yeah but, i was uh, telling to him the other day actually france i saw him up in lisbon a while back he's a he's a fantastic guy and he was actually the lead coach of the portugal sub team for for some time i'm right. not sure if he still is but um he's yeah he's done he's done great things for for sup in portugal which is great brilliant yeah. Good stuff. So, um, so looking forward, um, SUP FM, um, future episodes and so on. So, um, obviously we've, we've got this fantastic opportunity to get SUP FM back up and running. So, um, you know, in terms of interviews, obviously we're going to speak to, um, to the racers, um, industry stalwarts, um, you know, people who who are involved in SUP from a sort of administrative level as well. Um, it'd be also very nice to speak to some uh, some brands, um, particularly around sort of you know um, construction and um, you know to find out what sort of developments are, are going on in terms of boards and paddles and so on. And the interviews I'd really like to get stuck into as well are the adventures. And um, I know I was invited to paddle down the Zambezi River in Africa with um, with a bunch of guys, which is, um, I, I didn't go because it was quite far away, but it's also, these guys were stand-up paddle surfing grade five rapids, which was quite intense. So oh, wow. I'd love to chat to those guys and see how that trip turned out because they, they have released a few videos of it, but it'll be nice to hear from them firsthand. But obviously lots of other expeditions happening all over the place. Um, I saw Casper Steinfarth just went from Denmark to Norway the other day um, and managed to complete it, which was quite an amazing mission in the middle of winter. So there's lots yeah. and lots of different uh, adventures happening around the world, which we could get stuck into and listen on a blow-by-blow basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it doesn't even have to be the sort of big organized ones. I mean, um, you know, the Yukon is a, is a classic um, race, which um, SUP, 
has has joined up with all the kayakers and so on in the last few years and uh, I know that there's some people we can speak to about uh, participation in that do you um, want to participate and, in the in the Yukon 1000 mile race I think uh, <laughs> there's a time there's a time limit on it unfortunately and with my old uh, stand up paddleboard uh, well anything's possible but uh, yeah that that would be a, a hell of a hell of a journey i think um i was eyeing up a um a, f- a french race actually this year um down um in in the south so um obviously that's not going to go ahead but uh but yeah i think where um, about would that have been was it in marseille around there no it was um it's starting not far away from a place called milau uh, which is there's there's a huge bridge that was constructed a few years ago um which is um you know just absolutely spectacular i think it's one of the it's the, the highest bridge in the world or something like that but uh there's a, a river that that sort of runs obviously underneath that i think the race is um about 60 odd kilometers so uh, that would have been nice I've, i think the, the, the thing for me for uh, french races is the uh, um the wine at the refueling stations that's uh, that's my primary uh, and some um, fromage well absolutely yeah um the french really do these things right actually i don't know whether that's that's true for that particular race i know some of their running races they do have uh, the option of wine and pate at their uh, feed stations but uh, <laughs> certainly if they don't it's something they should think about so um so yeah so so it's all it's all good i think i think you know these adventures these structured adventures but also sort of independent adventures that that people go off on and um i know a compadre of your spike reed uh, we interviewed him about um a coast to coast sup he did with some friends um across the uk through the the canal network and out to the thames so uh, you know th- there's every conceivable type of a micro available uh, micro adventure available to to anyone mm. that's the wonderful thing about stand-up paddle it's just so versatile you can just take your paddle board anywhere and just go and, and venture out and see life from a new perspective so exciting exactly so so what would be great is that if if anyone has suggestions if anyone's got any really good stories that um they think will inspire um others it would be great to uh, to get you on and um and to talk about it and uh, you know the the fantastic thing i think about the, the culture and stand-up paddling generally is that it's not an exclusive club it's uh, it's one that includes everyone at all levels and that, certainly that's something that uh, that we want this podcast to be all about we don't want it to be about all of the um, elite races although you know you know it's fascinating to hear about um, you know the professional circuit um, like you I'm really interested in all the adventures and and how stand-up paddle boarding has uh, changed people's lives because it's uh, certainly changed mine myself as well so you can find us on instagram we just launched a new instagram called sup fm podcast twitter we're at sup fm podcast as well i think and Mm -hmm. um, facebook also sup fm podcast so you can get in touch with that for now through there Um, although if you'd like to email us you can also email us at simon.supfm at gmail.com and nick.supfm at gmail.com so yeah thanks so much for listening is there any other parting words that you'd like to say simon 
No, no, I think I'm really excited to to be back. Had such a great time um, speaking to all of the guys. And uh, just to say that we're going to be putting all of those episodes back up, including um, some episodes which we hadn't previously published. So uh, looking forward to, uh, to moving forward. Great. Excellent. Well, we'll see you next week when we'll interview somebody exciting. We're not quite sure exactly who that is, but um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to hit stop on the record. I'd love to see how this turns out. Thank you for listening to SUP FM, the number one podcast for stand-up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until then, we'll see you on the water.